Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of the About to Interview podcast with me, your host, that guy named John. About to Interview focuses on the conversations I have with writers, actors, directors, artists, and other creatives, and is a supplemental version of the weekly film review podcast About to Review. Both shows have a goal of amplifying diverse voices in media across a wide range of disciplines. My guest on this episode is Paul Downs Colazo, who is the writer and director of the new film Britney Runs a Marathon. This was recorded a few weeks ago when Paul was in town promoting the film during the Seattle International Film Festival. To hear more conversations like the one you are about to hear, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast on your podcast platform of choice. You can also follow the podcast on social media at About Review on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as YouTube, and abouttreview.com has links to the show notes and guests. Thank you so much to Paul for making the time to sit down with me while he was in town. And before we get into that conversation with Paul, we'll go to the original theme song created by Damien Randall of Ill-Mannered Media. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Joining me now is writer, director of Britney Runs a Marathon, Paul Downs Calazo. Welcome to the show. Thanks, John. Hey, you remember too. Yeah. We just need Ringo in here. Uh oh. George, maybe. Here we go. So <laughs> easy to remember. Uh, so, Britney Runs a Marathon is a movie that is really about, at its core, self discovery, self agency, self reflection, mm-hmm. and self improvement. Mm-hmm. And so, in your playwright career from the stage to now your feature film debut on the screen mm-hmm. how do you think you have improved in your storytelling well they're different mediums and they to go from one to the other you have to prioritize things differently in theater you get to you the, the emphasis is on the word and the and using dialogue as a way to get in as much of the story as you can you can't curate what the audience is seeing right in film you have to do that so as far as approaching this this is my first film it's the first thing i'd directed i, I you know the storytelling there was a whole new set of tools where uh, i got into the editing room and i realized i don't need half of the words that they said i can see <laughs> it on their faces and right. i can zoom in or i can c- cut to a close-up and that's going to tell me the information i need without them sort of explaining it so i this this was a real privilege of getting to understand how uh, a medium where you get to curate the visual storytelling uh, changes the game. And yeah, with indie filmmaking in general, being that this is the first time you kind of dipped your toe into the water and it has mm-hmm. been a huge success so far with Sundance and then distributorship through Amazon. And in part of the movie, you know, in Britney's journey, mm-hmm. you know, that we are seeing, she gets this runner's high, you know, moment. Yeah. You know, where she finally, it finally starts to make sense. And so in this kind of indie filmmaking journey of yours, what was a task or part of the journey 
that initially you did not like, just like Brittany did not like running, but eventually it became something that you looked forward to. There was never anything I didn't like. There were things that I feared. Okay. There were th there, stamina in production I feared. You know, I wanted to be the first person on set every day. I wanted to uh, bring my full self to the project, especially it's 28 days, you, you know. There's a, wow, there's it was only a 28-day shoot? 28-day shoot, which is crazy. Oof. Well, that's the other thing, right, is you're, you're, you have to, every time you change the setup, it takes a lot of time. Yeah. So <laughs> the amount of time that you get to actually capture performance and, and story is small. You know, we're doing three, four takes on everything. So I was really trying to find ways to make that fourth take as long as possible, throwing in as much um, uh, direction and playing with the actors as much as possible so that we wouldn't be told to move on. Um, but it was really about finding the um, finding out that nothing was uh, nothing is as scary as your mind can make it be. Interesting. So, uh, or at least that I've experienced yet. So showing up, I loved I loved waking up really early. I loved getting there. There, my body just sort of stopped caring about. Uh, health and <laughs> rest. Okay. And it was, I got, I got home at night. I prepped for the next day. I closed my eyes. I opened them and I was out the door. And so it was just sort of, it became my marathon, the film. But there was, there was never anything I didn't like at first. I think, you know, you, you, there are a lot of obstacles in everything. There's a lot of obstacles in filmmaking. There's a lot of obstacles in art. There's a lot of obstacles in collaboration, especially indie filmmaking. I think um, having the, um, the relentlessness to keep going is, is, for me was most of the battle and, and what, I, uh, what I found to be most valuable. Speaking of kind of that visual you know, language that you were talking about, yeah. there's some really interesting color palette choices. There's this repetition of bright red. Mm -hmm. So Brittany is wearing a bright red jacket. She purposely sits down next to a bright red chest of drawers. Mm -hmm. There are red cups in the scene, red wine bottle tops. Yeah. So definitely tell me about kind of that visual language and how it evolved through the filmmaking. Well, it's interesting. As far as the macro view of the look of the film, mm -hmm. the idea was we want the world to imitate Brittany's uh, inner life and the way that she sees herself. She starts in a very arrested development, sort of immature for her age, young, um, juvenile, and poppy, fun, funny world. So we wanted the world to feel bright but flat, and that included bright colors, bright patterns, funny images, um, and also a sort of primary color feel. Uh, her, her first run, we're shooting with a wall that's red and blue and yellow. Mm -hmm. You know, it's the beginning of her her journey. Red kept coming up almost naturally in the first probably 30 minutes of the film, less than that, first 20 minutes of the film. And, and it's, it's got to have something to do with the idea that it's, she's stopped, that it's, it's, it's a red light, it's a stop sign, it's, it's the, the thing you see when you're not going forward. It's not, it's not the go moment. And so she's in this sort of state of perpetual stillness, even in her uh, partying or her walk of shame home. And that was part of the storytelling too, is how do you show stillness as your opening image? How do you show stagnation as an action? And we had to do it with the color and then also find a way to do it that didn't bring the energy of the film down. Right. Yeah, it was just, it was very striking, you know, and it was very prevalent throughout the entirety 
of the film. So that was definitely, you definitely accomplished that the visual you. language, <laughs> which is really nice. And kind of going back to when, you know, we first see Britney in those moments, you know, in the theater. And from the very beginning, and it runs throughout the film, we see humor as her defense mechanism. Yes. We see humor as this shield she puts up yeah. to stop herself from caring, yep. you know, about people, about friendship, you know, about just all of that, not letting people in. Right. And so with her defense mechanism being humor, what do you find your defense mechanism being in your both filmmaking life and in your everyday life? Oh, my God, probably a thousand of them. But, I, you know, humor was definitely one of them and is still one of them. I think everybody uses humor as a way to deflect vulnerability. It, it's a way to make something that's raw and truthful palatable and... and um, easier for everybody uh i don't know i could i could go on forever about my own defense <laughs> mechanisms you know every day i'm googling how do i how do i uh, uh fix my psychology but mm. but uh webmd exactly yeah <laughs> attachment disorders but right. you know um yeah i'm sure i have a bunch but ultimately as the film explorers you ne you're never going to fix that totally it's just about taking little steps incrementally to, to move forward in a way that feels progressive. Throughout the film, I mean, we see Jillian Bell, you know, give this incredibly just incredible, raw, yeah. emotional, just passionate, you know, experience, yeah. you know, through this, through this film. And there's a moment in the film, it is later in the film, and I will not spoil it okay. you know, as to what it is. I'll guess. But there is a moment where it goes silent. So there are no audio cues. There are like, we see her, you know, and we just, you know, like you're saying, that visual language of just sitting on the actor's portrayal. We see her kind of exhausted, you know, in this moment, and there is no audio at all mm -hmm. for like about 30 seconds. And it definitely felt like a conscious choice. And so I wonder kind of, you know, she gets to that moment through her trials and tribulations. So for you in this process, what was that moment of silence where things clicked where things made sense I don't know that I've gotten to it yet <laughs> you yeah, know that is valid something I'm learning in filmmaking which I didn't know is it's not over until I don't know when I, I keep thinking <laughs> that the work on the film is done and it just isn't done we, we you know the trailer's coming out. How do we put our best foot forward to the world with a story that is so complicated and mm -hmm. so nuanced and could be really inflammatory if handled in a two-dimensional way without the respect and the delicate touch that you know we've, we've spent working on something that involves a really um, precious and, and uh, uh, sensitive subject matter that is often handled poorly in pop culture and in cinema. So the work is not done yet. This podcast right now is part of the film, the work on the film, uh, uh, speaking to it in a way that people understand that we made something that we, as a labor of love, that we hope people can apply to their lives and, and um, get inspired by themselves and see themselves in a character and have a, go to the theater and have a communal experience the way, I don't want to give anything away, but the way that the end of the film is meant to be experienced. So uh, I'm not there yet. When I get to stillness, uh, I'll hopefully be on my next job and will not have experienced it at all. 
Excellent. We can do a follow-up uh, yeah, podcast great. interview when yeah. we've had that moment of silence. I'll be 90. I'll be like, not happened yet. Right. Well, because by then it will be coming out in whatever new format the movie is on at that point. Right. Probably exactly. just the chip It'll we put chip. in our brain. Yeah. So, and then It'll be a memory. <laughs> oh, there you go. A memory. Just download it to our <laughs> subconscious. How exciting and sad. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That was a Black Mirror episode <laughs> exactly. right there. <laughs> and so, I mean, when you're going through this process, I mean, because it is so personal, you know, to you, this is based off of your real friend and real roommate. How was that kind of cognitive dissonance during the filmmaking process? Was it something that was difficult to separate, you know, kind of the art from reality? No. I mean, the, the, the film is not her. And by the time... By the time there was a script, that script is its own story, and that character is its own character. And then seven months before Jillian, Jillian came onto the film, joined the film seven months before we started filming. So that seven months was the slow pass off of this fictitious character to Jillian as Jillian interprets her, and Jillian tells her version of this story. Um, We were on the same page, by the time we were filming of what that story was and what the character was and in no way did it feel like you know it's the events of the film are not real the events of the film didn't not all of them some of them didn't didn't happen um so it it doesn't feel like I am telling a biopic it feels like I'm telling the story of a character who I see myself in who I see my friend in and Mm -hmm. who I see a lot of people in and what is the specificity of that character? And then how are we dramatically focusing on what that story is? So there's no, there was never any feeling of concern about how I was showing a real friend of mine because it's not her story. Gotcha. Yeah. That definitely, I mean, that makes sense. I mean, that you are taking this real-life event and creating a story around it. There's an impetus. There's a heart and a soul and a, and a, a dream. And that's what the story was. It's a love letter to my friend, you know, and that doesn't mean it's her, but it's definitely, I wouldn't have written this movie, I wouldn't have had the idea for the movie if I didn't know Brittany, you yeah. know. And along with Brittany, this ensemble cast yeah. that you put together was great. Everything felt authentic, organic, you know, between these interactions, because like you were saying, watching it, I could see myself. I... I know those interactions you have with your roommate at the time yeah, yeah, or your yeah. friend at the time that either when they're hitting you with some just raw truths or being very mean. Yeah. <laughs> but it just felt... Or you're being mean. Or that. I would never. Um, of course. Of course not. That yeah. would be ridiculous. But it just it felt really raw and, uh, and authentic. And so I definitely wanted to you know commend you on just putting together this ensemble Thank cast. you. Thanks. And, they're all... You know, they're all comedians. And they all were ready to do something that was different. They were all ready to show a side of themselves that was more exposed and more vulnerable and not saved with um, uh, a, a joke. You know, they're all very funny in it. They all get moments of extreme humor. And also, I think the goal for us, which has worked so far, it seems, is for people to walk away understanding them as three-dimensional real people with lives that are not uh, marginalized. Yeah, absolutely. So that definitely came through. So congratulations. Thanks. You know, on that. And then to, to kind of wrap it up. Yeah. So there's a scene, again, early in Brittany's running journey where she goes out for her run and she looks one way down the path that she should be running. Yep. She turns back 
and there's a pretzel cart, mm-hmm. you know, right there. And so she is faced with this temptation, <laughs> this decision of where she wants yeah. to go. And I will not say which option she chooses. But for you, when you're looking down those paths, what would your temptation be? I mean, legit the same thing. I stood, I, was, I flew in from New York this morning and I stood and looked at Dunkin' Donuts for like 10 minutes before <laughs> I decided against it. Wow. Yeah. Brave. I thought, well, it's a travel day. You know, I ate well yesterday. And then I said no. And then I had the chocolate croissant on the plane. So I <laughs> might as well have just had the Dunkin' Donuts. Fair. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. So then the movie, you know, is coming out on, it was distributing through Amazon Studios. Yep. And where can people find the most up-to-date information, social media, both for you and the film? Uh, I just keep your eyes out. The trailer should be out in two weeks. The trailer's going to drop the first week of June. Um, and then we'll be in theaters end of August, and it's going to platform out. So it'll be available in New York and L.A. in August, and then from there it'll grow. Uh and other than that, I don't really know. Just keep Googling Britney runs a marathon. All those search results. And make sure to go to IMDb because then it you know, helps boost it a little bit there. Does it? So Absolutely. Okay, do that. Excellent. Do that also, yes. <laughs> Fantastic. So I've been sitting down with Paul Downs-Calezo. Thank you so much. Of course. Uh, thank for you this, for this. For sitting down. Thanks, John. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get 